Hello, welcome to the Bush League Gaming Podcast, your source for ordinary opinions from ordinary gamers. Today we are reviewing Morbid the Seven Acolytes. I'm your host, Jacob Bush, and with me today, his primary form of transportation is Ripstick. <laughs> Leader of the Nintendites, Ryan Scalf. Have you ever ridden a Ripstick? I have. Dude, a ripstick. It, I'm not even exaggerating. It taught me everything I needed to know about snowboarding. Okay. I'm dead serious. That's I used fair. to ride the Ripstick. I, I never owned one, but my neighbor did. And so we would ride it around and take turns. And then I remember, I'll never forget the first time I went snowboarding, my friend goes, Oh, it's like a ripstick. <laughs> and I was like, instantly, I had this ability that I never knew I had, just oh unlocked. My gosh, and just like I like, I, ha- I skipped all the training of snowboarding. I never had to really practice. I was just good at it. Yeah, I didn't see that when I write these things, I don't know when they're actually going to resonate. And that one really resonated. Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm glad it's a skill that you listed. That wasn't as much as an insult as like a resume. Thing. <laughs> resume <laughs> builder. Yeah, resume. that's on my LinkedIn. Next under to Bo Staff. Under my strengths and skills. <laughs> Let's talk about Bo Staff. <laughs> the other, our other co-host today covers himself in peanut butter and runs through dog parks just for the thrill. Your favorite Crip boy, Nick Beard. That was really good, actually. Ryan, I wanted to say one. something, and then I realized I shouldn't say that, and then I pictured that whole whole thing running out in my mind, and now, See, I, now I don't know where I'm at. Actually. I started There's, laughing. You you understood that, though, yeah. right? Okay, because oh, yeah. you do it. Yeah, on Thursdays. Look it up. Google Arizona man covers himself in peanut butter in dog park. <laughs> You'll find a video. Of yeah, Ryan. yeah. You you won't regret it. There's like 13 results to that. It's a whole YouTube series. <laughs> Anyways, we're here to review Morbid the Seven Acolytes. Released on December 3rd, 2020 on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Developed by Still Running. Published by Merge Games. Mm. I must say, about Still Running, it's a six-person team. Did you yep. know that? Yep. That's awesome. I love no that. No way. I think six I only need that This was developed that. by six people. Six yeah. people. Wow. Yeah, they have that on their Twitter, don't they? Yeah, it's I like went to their, web- I went to their something. website. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we it's can cool. do this. We should make a game. No. I'm no. shaking my head I'm, right now yeah, for I'm, everyone. We do not. We are not capable. These six people have more talent in... Well, yeah, yeah, they're professionals, yeah. but I'm just saying. Nonetheless. I inserted Google code into my website once. I made my MySpace layout with uh, HTML. <laughs> I had the color green in there, which is uh, H-R-A-F-F-F-A. What was, your, what was your playlist song on MySpace? I remember the last one that I had oh. was some uh, country song. It was that country. really deep, yeah, really deep voice. Uh, would lock you them doors go and turn them lights no, down low. It's uh, Josh Turner. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Nonetheless, it, that's, that's a nice. relic. A relic. Yeah, I don't want to. You're going to love mine. mine. Check ahead. Yes Juliet by <laughs> We the Kings, dude. Anyways, the genre of this game. <laughs> and my background was a Banksy <laughs> art. That's cool. Art, I mean, yeah. that, that shows your profile. Your I was ahead was, of the t- Was him on a ripstick? I was ahead of my time, man. Before people knew who Banksy was, I discovered him. So, yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. You a banker? The genre of this game is called horror punk action RPG. This is yeah. their words. And I had to look at what, what horror punk was, and it's a lot of music. It's more of a music genre. To simplify it, probably too simply, it's gothic in some ways. Yeah. I think that's the best way to say it. I'd say that. Another way they identify themselves with this game. And I think this is the best description to really understand what this is. It's an isometric Souls-like. So think like a Dark Souls game, but with an isometric point of view. Yeah, pixel. Is that, is that pixelated? Yeah. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Once I started thinking about it like that, it, it, made, it made a big difference for me. Here's another one of the games that I didn't read any of that before I played. Yeah. And so I was shocked, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is currently priced at $24.99. Disclaimer, we received two codes for this, and uh, all three of us played it. Two of us completed it. One of us didn't. Which one was that? You'll find out at the end of I the show. I cannot wait to give my valid opinion about Ryan this game. didn't finish this game. 
No, uh, Nick and I did. So take his opinion with, you know, as you usually do, a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, he, what, you got an hour, hour and a half, two hours in? Yeah, about an hour and a half. Hour and a half? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nick and I completed it. Let's start with Nick then. Nick, what did you think of Morbid, the Seven Acolytes? Yeah, I had an interesting experience. Obviously, I came to you guys and said, we have to play this because it's a pixelated adventure and all the pixels are right up my alley. So if it's a, a pixel art, anything to do with pixelated uh, anything, I'm in. So that's how this started. And uh, when I jumped into it, as I just previously mentioned, I had not read any of the. If I had just read that it was like Dark Souls, I might have even thought twice. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And we I don't didn't. we don't like that genre usually. That's just not what. We yeah. Play. Not not a huge fan of it. And uh, so yeah, it was really good. But one thing I'll say is it was really hard. Extremely and uh, my my interesting the whole part that I said about my experience being interesting was I actually had to take a break for a few weeks and yeah. then jumping back into it was actually better for me so yeah. I, I had an interesting experience yeah it's i think it's one that does well when you take your time with it yeah if you and especially if you're probably not good at these games which we aren't that's why we usually don't usually don't play soulsborne games yeah because we're just not good i'm the worst spreading it out over time and like kind of coming at it after a minute yeah does it does resonate a little bit better yeah i'm actually usually a fan of like those torturous games like you guys know i just really i love playing games that most people would give up on and just walk away but i'm just really stubborn except you gave up and walked away (laughs) yeah but there was something about this game obviously it wasn't that dark souls aspect but there was something about this game that just didn't speak to me so like i didn't get the vision of it and this game wasn't made for me and so like i always want to qualify what i say yeah if I if there were any critiques, it's because I just didn't quite get it like yep. you guys did. I can appreciate that. That's not shocking though. Right? No, well, you loved whole, it. I will say the first, and we'll get into why, but the first hour and a half, two hours are the worst of this game. It gets so much better. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like it, it. There's. It doesn't teach you things up front too well, where you kind of just get frustrated. Like for right. example, small detail. You can't really run because yep. when you run, you run out of stamina. Yep. Well, your walk is at the snail's pace yes it's bad yeah and then combat is a little like it takes it's quite a high learning curve of like okay how do you actually parry in an isometric soulsborn how do you dodge and like is the whole idea of parrying and and dodging in a souls context is that it's very pixel perfect precise yep well when it's an isometric view you're losing a lot of that radius of that enemy so you kind of have to learn kind of like we talked about with crash bandicoot of you have to learn where your positioning is, how an enemy's positioning is. Yeah. And once that clicks, in my opinion, the game was fantastic. Yeah, but even once it clicked, it it's also one of those things that the muscle memory doesn't really set in, for me anyways, until about halfway through the game. So even though I spent a few hours yeah. at the beginning trying to understand and get the hang of it, it wasn't till halfway or maybe even towards the end that I truly felt comfortable with 100%. what I was doing. Yeah. And I should I should say that I didn't stop playing this game necessarily because I hated it. It was because um, I was revu- I'm reviewing another game, yeah. and so I yep. know you two, you two were gonna play this to finish, yes. and then I wanted to focus on. I think it was Immortals: Phoenix Rising yeah. that I was. Playing. We had covered, and that's how it goes typically. When it comes to our reviews, we're fine with one of our crew having played the game. Yep. The fact that we had two is fantastic. The fact that we had a third was like extra. Yeah. So that's when I was like, hey, if it's not vibing, bow out. It's fine. Nick and I got this. So that's yeah. where we are It'll now. will be the layperson on this. Yeah. So let's go into some gameplay mechanics. We've kind of touched on some of it, but it's extremely Dark Souls-like. And I didn't know that until about two or three hours in. And I was looking up some like kind of information on the game. And I saw it there. And I was like, 
that makes sense. And that changed my way of thinking about it and how to approach bosses. And those games are a little bit more, I would say you should be a little bit more patient in those types of games where you're not just going in hacking and slashing. You, you kind of, you know, sit back, go for your dodge, go for a hit, go in, go for a hit back out. Like it's just this very like kind of dance that you do. Yeah. And part of that dance is knowing that you're going to commit to dying about four or five times to understand that dance. Exactly. Like you're not going to understand the entire routine, the dance routine until you've gone through it four or five times. Sometimes it's a salsa. Yeah. Sometimes it's a tango. It's like not choreographing up front. You have to go through it and then you get the choreograph. You know what Let I'm saying? Let me ask, was there... Let me there ask was a dance t- question. <laughs> like early yeah. dance questions? Speaking of tango, dance question man. from the audience. Um, were there were there enemies that you could not fight without taking damage? Because and I know I, I didn't play enough, but there was like several times where I got to an area where mm-hmm. you know how you can heal mm-hmm. and all the enemies respond? Yeah. And then I'd get a I'd like get a little past that, fight an enemy, and there was like no way I was gonna get out of that fight without getting half my health I, taken out and again i felt like that very early on but yep. it's about what weapon you use about are you with that weapon are you parrying more are you dodging more so like certain weapons have very long swing animations because it's uh, a heavy yeah and instead of rolling out of that you might want to parry right after you swing so it did feel like that up front i don't i can't think of anything specifically that no matter what you're going to get hit from because over time i did learn how to combat those certain yeah. difficult enemies. Yeah. And I figured they would I figured that would be addressed, but it was like it made it made that very beginning where you're like yes. trudging along trying to figure very out what this world is. Uh it was very like I'm always going back to that save point to heal yes. and then not getting any further. It, it's yeah. uh, the game's a little too unforgiving up front, but let's get into some of these mechanics and move sets and I I think we should circle back to this point when we we do score it because like I said, it is unforgiving up front. And you slowly learn how to play. So yeah. move sets is, is we brought up some of these. There's a light. There's a strong attack. There's a dodge roll. There's a block. There's a parry. There's some sneaking and stealth mechanics where when you're sneaking through grass and you hit someone, you do more damage. And then you also have a range weapon, which comes into play a lot more later in the game. When you played it, you didn't have enough ammo. Right. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that powerful. Later on, it really gets better. Yep. So those are the movesets. The really key gameplay factors that are, are prevalent in most games, but there's one that's completely unique. Health obviously is there. I never felt like I had enough until the end. You always were like going back to that save point. Always. Rehealing. Stamina. Another thing up front early on I never had enough of. You do build it up over time because you do actually start upgrading your character in an RPG sense. But like, like I said, the fact that running plays into your stamina, I don't know if that was necessary. It, it made the game go a lot slower and... Oh, it's just something you don't see too often in a lot of games where when your character walks, it's walking that slowly. Yeah, it did slow the pace down quite a bit. And then the last unique kind of gauge that you have is sanity. Sanity. Now, Which Nick, is another one that I don't feel well, like they fully... Yes. I, it, it wasn't until halfway to, through the game that I like really explain, looked at it. Explain what this is. So Nick, I want to throw it to you. Explain what sanity is based off your gameplay, your playthrough. What do you think sanity is? Yeah, based off my gameplay, it's... It's kind of like the more you get hit and the more you interact with these demons, these dark soul-like creatures, the, the, you lose your sanity. And mm-hmm. once it drops down below zero, you get like blurred, there's this purple haze going on. And then when you kill enemies, they like come back to life in ghost form. And it's kind of like this, what, what I thought was a rep- representation of someone who's lost their sanity and everything's just really messed up. That was mine as well, and it's accurate. What you said is accurate. 
It's just there's way more nuance to it than just that. Okay. So the only area that really gives you much information on sanity is, you know, how you pick up those books and whatnot. Yeah. And this is what it says in the game. Your level of sanity affects the damage you deal and take, the amount of XP you earn, and the amount of specters you face. Mm. Now, yes, you described that a little bit, but you didn't describe the no. fact that you're doing more damage or you're taking more damage or you're gaining more XP. So, so if things get blurry and hazy, you're actually gaining more XP So and doing more damage. The I'll, opposite, I'll, explain right? the, I'll explain the pros and cons of low sanity. So okay. for one thing, to get low sanity, it's items you consume yeah. or weapons you use. Certain weapons are more powerful, but they drop your sanity. We'll have a sanity drain on them. Certain you know, items you consume will give you a, a good buff, but it also drops your sanity. Like limbs. Limbs, exactly. Because when you're eating a human limb, you're going to drop your sanity. That's expected. That's so, morbid. Pros, that is, this game is morbid. Nice. Pros to low sanity. You gain more XP, you are more damage resistant, and you do more damage output. See, I did not know this. The, I'm embarrassed to say that. No, and I, and I, don't think, I don't think you should be embarrassed to say that. I didn't either. And I looked up some guides online and... The reason this person was writing this guide is that like it doesn't make it clear. Yeah. It's not a you thing. It's it's it kind of in general this game kind of pushes you into yeah. the deep end and like okay, swim. Yeah. And like some people love that. That that's kind of souls born in in a sense. Yeah. So the cons to low sanity though, your vision is clouded like you said. It's purple veins and it, it's, you know, it's not terrible. Honestly, no, no, I, no, I could no. play the whole game like that, but yeah. it's not it's not great. The big thing is you you face specters when you slay a foe. Mm-hmm. So you remember this, you kill someone or something and out of their body raises this purple, exactly the same foe, just a spectral form of yeah. it. So what it means is, sure, you're going to get more XP, you're going to do more damage, you're going to be more damage resistant, but you have to fight every enemy twice. Yeah. Is there a story aspect to that? Like a purpose or a it's, reason it's like why Nick, those specters come out? It's like Nick described. I think I didn't see anything beyond the fact that like you're just literally losing your sanity in this world. No, like, yeah, I think it's just, I would just say it's part of the lore, like yeah. an aspect yeah. of, just like an added aspect. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I didn't realize, I think they mentioned up front a little bit about the setting, but really like what is the world that we're in? Right? It's amazing. Because like we're yeah. not in, it's not like an actual hell. It's like a... No, no it's a real world. Right. And it's it's degraded mm-hmm. into some sort yeah. of like a hellish environment kind of, yeah like this and i'll like go into apocalyptic i'll go let me just read the actual this is a good prompt for i'm going to read the actual how they describe what this setting is you are the last surviving striver of debram your duty for which you have trained your whole life for is to defeat the seven acolytes accursed and powerful beings possessed by malevolent deities called gahars the gahars have bound their twisted minds to the flesh of the seven acolytes for without hosts they cannot survive you must slay the acolytes thus ridding the gahars of their flesh Succeed, and you'll free the kingdom from the heavy yoke of their terror. Fail, and the malicious gods rule on as the acolytes rise anew and madness prevails. So, in summary, there's these gods, godlike creatures, more akin to a demon, and they need hosts. They're parasitic. So, they can only inhabit flesh if someone invites them, pretty much, like a possession. Mm -hmm. So, they kind of give themselves to the Gahar, and the whole world is kind of consumed by it now. Like, the the striver of Debrom, like there's conflicting gods basically, and the striver is what you are. So they are their whole you know mission is to defeat the Gahar, and they all failed in the past. They all end up converting to Gahar or that kind of religion, and be, they're consumed by it. So some of the acolytes are they the actual acolytes? Some of them are. Oh, so literally the first acolyte you face, I think they were formerly a striver of Debrom as well. 
Mm. So like you're literally like going into it and your character, she's just another striver. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot on you. There's none on you. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. There's, there's, it's just the world. And like, that's the thing about this game is the world is very rich, but you have to read like, yeah. So the world is very rich, but, but yeah, you're right. So you have to read because without reading, you get this very vague opaque kind of uh mm-hmm. like nothing it's kind of it's yeah. kind of the opposite but you know when you peel back the curtain onion layers a little bit it's pretty deep it's, it's kind of a, as deep as you want it to it, be right yes. it's there if you want it yeah, if right. you if you just want to go through and hack and slash and and get through the game you don't have to read a single thing of, of story which i appreciate that i think Big a lot time. of games do that well and it made me appreciate it more it made me like oh yeah i read that and like i have yeah. an excerpt from a reading and man it's morbid. Yeah. They're dark. Like these, it is a, it's a twisted world. I enjoy that. Yeah. We talked about this on Tales of the Neon Sea. Yeah. There was a ton of lore, but it was optional. I didn't like how you jumped in so eagerly. Like, I like that. I, I do like, I like that. It's twisted. really it's morbid. very twisted. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So anyways, I want to get through some of this. We'll go deeper in a story and there's Ryan, I'm going to read part of the a story element to you and just watch your face. Like spooky. Uh, yeah. This so, next part will be live stream. <laughs> <laughs> so the weapons you use in this game range from swords, axes, maces, spears, pistols, shotguns, rifles, and many more. Nick, what weapon did you end up using the most? I had a complicated relationship with the weapons. Okay. So here's another aspect where I feel like it didn't really clarify what, but just by looking in the menu and hovering over the weapons, you finally, after toying around, you, you get the idea that like, this is the, the attack. Mm-hmm. This is the weapon speed. Yeah. This is, you know, so on, so on. And I went back and forth between the heavy and the quick, but I, Ended up going constantly with uh, swords that were faster, but that were runed out, would have runes to help it. Yeah, attack. So I went more with the, I'm going to be a little bit more patient and have to hit a few more times Mm -hmm. than swinging it because I just wasn't very good at timing it with the bigger weapons. Yeah, I started off with larger two-handed swords Mm -hmm. where it's it's very much timing and and then you're pairing back. And I probably did that for about half the game. But then I started getting into the fist weapons, which you find a little mm. bit later on. One, like one of the fist weapons was like syringe fingers, where you're just like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. Like claws. Kind of claws. claws. Yeah. But then I unlocked the mecha gloves, which mecha gloves compounded with some runes. So runes. They have four rune slots, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you can do, you know, a faster rune. So yeah, your actual attacks is faster, or you can do like elemental damage. So it's like fire. And I just put the best runes on that thing. And man, the end of the game was very easy for me once I got the right loadout. That's interesting. I didn't think you'd like the gloves. I didn't either. Like, I, I usually don't like quick attack weapons. Yeah, you didn't like the gloves in Hades either, right? I didn't like the gloves in Hades either. Yeah. I kind of like, I feel like this is the first game that actually made those worthwhile. Because like, did. I don't know a single person in like Skyrim who was doing like well, all you did hand to hand combat. All you did yeah. is sneaky archer. You're sneaky Skyrim. archer. Yeah. Like everyone did yeah. that. And it's like no one's actually using their hands. No one's doing the heavy, you this, know, sword or anything like that. This game very much encouraged experimentation with new runes, new weapons, because you constantly found new ones. Yeah, and they really outdated themselves as you like. Well, this doesn't yeah. work anymore. I'll have yeah, to I try this new stronger. weapon. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I thought the diversity and the kind of how much you can upgrade and like the details beyond that 
were fantastic for this type of game. Yeah, and I thought the ranged weapons. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the guns. The guns were, like you mentioned earlier, they were not very good up front Mm-mm. because you had only a few shots. You didn't get canisters very often to refill them. But as you progressed through the games, they became more powerful. And then you would get up to 15 shots. And then you would have, you know, eight or nine reloading canisters. Yes. And then you could assign those canisters uh, for a D-pad and just shoot everything. Up front, the game is too difficult. It's very rigid. But once you kind of get to the midpoint and at the end, it... The progression is very satisfying. Yeah, it's definitely rigid up front. And another thing, I don't know when you want to segue into the blessings. This so, is another yeah, area let's, let's that right I am going to be extremely embarrassed about. What kind of difference did the runes make? Because we haven't really dove into those yet. But like Significant. Yeah. What what kind of runes are we talking? Like 10% so, extra damage? So yeah, like, so they were almost all 10 15 or 20%. And there was fire damage. There was ice damage. Poison. There was poison. There was bleed. And how many like runes could a like weapon sometimes hold? two to like anywhere, six? Yeah, anywhere between oh, wow. two to six. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I saw one over. I want to say I had some over. Okay, maybe five, maybe five. Zip. Yeah. Anyway, so if you had like a heavy weapon, you could put in ones that gave you weapon speed, and then yeah. this would make your big heavy weapon just a little bit faster, which really did give you an edge in a yes. game where you're trying to time hits yes. down to the millisecond. So it was really it gave good. You two edges because it's a sword. Uh, nice. Gave you. D- I see nice. what you did there. Nice. Geometry. That's that's, that's yeah. geometry. Physics. Thanks, Miss Mitten. Physics. Whoa! <laughs> Shout out. Miss Mitten. <laughs> Sophomore year job. Pour, pour one out. <laughs> I'll never forget. Yeah, so the, the runes were, I think they helped out quite a bit. And uh, I don't know how you felt, but I don't know that I would have made it through some of the areas. It, even if it was a uh, gazebo effect that... <laughs> Wait, is that a, g- a gazebo effect? <laughs> Explain that. This you, is you guys didn't watch it, You're shaded you? by the sun? No, tell me what a gazebo effect is. You do like horror. I mean, this is the genre, so yeah. go ahead and go into what you're it. shaded by the sun and like a nice breeze blows by. Is yeah. the gazebo effect. <laughs> no, it was just you a finish uh, a book. <laughs> little joke from that clown movie, it, where the little kid says the pills, it's just a gazebo effect. Oh, like a He's trying to say effect. placebo. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, the runes genuinely yeah. made a difference. Though. That's what I thought. It felt like it, anyways. And yeah. if it didn't, I told myself that. No, it, they definitely did. Because I, I looked at, you can sit there and look at what your attack output is mm-hmm. before and after you add the runes. And, I and did, it's significant. I did like that when you hovered over another weapon, it would show you, the comparison. is this better or not? Yeah. And some oh, games don't nice. do that very well. Yeah, It's very like, it's a streamlined RPG. I mean, it is. A, a lot of the, th- the mechanics you see in an RPG were like, let's say a Fallout, you can compare, you know, how when you get a new weapon or not, that's right. there. But really upgrading and creating your own build is gratifying and it gives you a lot of freedom where like like you said you can take a heavy two-handed weapon and make it really fast the yep. runes will make a difference if, if you save your good runes and use it it makes a difference so that was significant let's go into the shrines so shrines are actual save points ryan you got to these where yes. when you use the save point and you heal yourself it resets the world and all the enemies yeah it's the worst. it yep. sucks but that's very i think common for these souls type games mm-hmm. Because it's like this risk reward of, oh, can I push it a little bit further and not respawn everything? Or do I really need to respawn right now? So that's one aspect to them. Also, that's where all the lore is found. You can go into what's called the Morbid Menagerie, where it's literally just detailing every weapon you find, every consumable you find, every enemy you find. And basically, it's giving you their lore and backstory behind it. So that is where the story of the game is found is in that Morbid Menagerie. Again, you have to go kind of... You kind of have to search for that. You, you 100% have to yeah. search for it. You're sitting there reading it, and you could just sit there, save, respawn enemies, and continue on with the story and completely skip that. But I recommend, highly recommend, 
go in and read these descriptions because they are dark. Yeah, they're they're really cool. They add flavor to the game big time. A lot of flavor. A lot weird, of flavor. Yeah. What kind of weird flavor? The dark kind. The dark kind. Nick, go into bless- cherry. Go into blessings. Yeah. So here's another. You have to understand the blessings, or you will not beat the game. Just plain and simple. So I did not understand this, and I spent about two and a half hours in the swamp fighting what I thought was an acolyte, and it wasn't even an acolyte. This is a mini boss. Yeah, mini boss. It was absolutely horrible. And then going back to the shrine and playing around, I realized that I thought that I had equipped a blessing and I actually unequipped it. Nice. So the the kind of UI there wasn't very clear to me. And How that, do you that could... unaccept a blessing? <laughs> it's a, I don't want it. No, thank okay, you. Okay, okay. I, I mean, I did want no. it. I did want it. No, now no, I don't no. want it. And so I actually kind of had this mixed up for a while and it wasn't even till after the swamp, mm-hmm. uh, second acolyte that I realized I could upgrade my blessings. Wait, after the second acolyte. Second you acolyte. You can only do it after your first acolyte. Okay, so, so then you some of that off. makes sense. Yeah. I text you and was like, oh my gosh, like you can upgrade your, your blessings. And because I hadn't upgraded any of them, I had all these points. So yeah. all of a sudden I might, you know, my health bar doubled. It was yeah. huge. Uh, and then, Where yeah. do you get the blessings? You find them. They're like experience points, right? Kind of, no, kind of like so a shrine. You just there are statues you find throughout the world that that is a blessing, but then you use experience to upgrade those blessings. Yeah, interesting. How many blessings? Are oh there? no, no, yeah. So the blessings were not the shrines; they were just you found statues, statues in the wilderness. Yep. Right, right. And then the experience points you get from slaying people is what you would use as points upgrade towards upgrading. Those. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I had a ton of those, and uh, it was like it just made the game so much easier. I wish those would have been. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I think it's fine. But some of the ones I enjoyed, I didn't get till the end. Like yeah. the weapon one, uh, the, the, X- the ranged ones. And the yeah. XP thing too. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, it adds another level to this game. This another is layer. an extremely, I think, complex game. You look at pixel art and you can sit there and be demeaning of pixel art sometimes where, it, okay, it's just a pixel art game. Yeah. There's not depth. There is so much depth to yeah. Morbid. big time. So, do you have any questions with combat, Ryan? No, I, I feel like you guys explained everything pretty well. One thing I will say, and I gave this advice to Nick, and it's a, it's very Souls-type game advice. At a certain point, in certain areas, I would just run by the enemy, and I wouldn't fight the enemy. Yeah. And that's because you do a lot of backtracking to, right. to go and unlock things and find things and, and kind of explore the world, where I don't need the experience from this, and I just need to get by it. And really, if I run fast enough and I run long enough, it stops following me. Yeah. So... I don't know if that's a con or just the genre, but I did get to the point where I was just like, I'm not fighting every enemy. I'm yeah. just not doing it anymore. That probably just comes with like, I mean, as, f- as you progress through the game, it's like some things like the XP you get is just not worth it's fighting not, for yeah, at it's that not. point. In yeah. Your, your and I didn't, have, I didn't have an XP problem by the end either. So that's my concern when I ran by things. I'm like, okay, well, I might be making the last fight very difficult. No, I, I, was, I was, and this is one thing wise, I was running a build with very like low sanity so i didn't realize it throughout the whole game but i was getting more experience because i was just fighting every enemy twice yeah well and and also to that point in the beginning of the game uh, to speak again kind of to what felt like the rigidity there you have these hearts that you can use to heal yourself yeah but i only had one or two of those yeah for like a few hours Mm -hmm. so when i would approach a big group of people it was like do i gamble and fight these people because if i get hit I mean, it's taking away like yeah. a portion of my health that I may not be able to heal yeah. and get to the next stage. So yeah, there were a bunch of times that I did the same thing. Well, and it's kind of like scouting. Like I would run forward and find the next shrine and then work my way backwards, backwards and sit on the yeah. shrine and kind of get that experience. So 
it's you know I, I don't know if it's intended like that but it worked out well and it, it kind of created a fun experience yeah you speak of hours how long did the game take you to beat do you have an idea I, I think around like eight or nine. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I was more like 10 to 15. Okay, well then I'm, I'm more than that. Okay. Yeah, I, my, I'm probably off because- I was an hour and a half. <laughs> to beat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm probably longer than that. I had to have spent at least a few hours just in the marsh at the beginning. Yeah. Just running around. The, that maze kind of area yeah. too. So there's a lot here if you want to go and fight every like side boss as well. World yeah, you can, wise, do it. you can do it. Worldwise, how much variety is there? Is- because the whole main area is kind of that just like bland. You're in this like mm-hmm. random little field and it's just all gray. Well, let's let's yeah. transition. It here. changes. Let's transition to art direction because I think that's a great segue. Okay. So yeah. um, it's obviously pixel art like Nick brought up. And I must say the character design of the pixel art is like next level. This is maybe some of the best pixel art character yeah. design I've ever seen. So if you look at the acolytes, every single acolyte, the pixel art is... I'm I'm not exaggerating, and I don't play much pixel art. So Nick, it's probably best to look at you because you play a lot of pixel art games. It is some of the best pixel art I've seen in characters, and um, I'm not going to say world because I want to I want to clarify to your question, Ryan. So one of my my biggest gripes with the art direction of the world is that things aren't as defined as I wish they would have been. So is this a rock or is this a path? Where I ended yeah. up like you know diverging because I thought this was a little secret route. No, it's just a big rock that I walked into. Right. So. In the same vein that this is the pick best pixel art I've seen in character design and like weapons and and kind of that aspect, some of the world design was lost on me because I and there's no map either, which is a big aspect, Nick. Yeah, actually, now that you say that. So when I'm walking, I'm like, is this the path or is this just a or like where did a I gray come from? Patch of grass. Right. There is diversity in the world, absolutely, Ryan. But I do think when you're working in the pixel art medium, some of that characteristic and some of that structure is lost yeah big time yeah i think in on this this spectrum or you know i don't know how you say this kind of the different gradients of of pixel this one's probably in the middle okay would you like, say like yeah I think... lesser not defined like because you've, you've compared yeah. it to like a stardew valley yeah, where you have very stark lines nine witches are... is is very less defined more this blended is, yeah this is a little bit more defined than that um but even then it has you know kind of uh, not fully you know uh, defined but yeah i thought that the acolytes were were incredible yeah absolutely. obviously there's times where i'm looking at it now on my ipad it looks even better when it's blown up big but yeah they were they were super dark yeah it's gross Uh, yeah i was shocked actually it's grotesque especially the one with the the lady and the baby yeah i was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) well and, and this is the best part is that the actual pixel art design and the morbid menagerie description match and they match in the yeah, darkest uh, yeah. grotesque ways and i'm gonna read Do you one have, of those. yeah read one right now you want to read it now it was in my story right section but i'll go right into it i'm nervous so this is an ex- excerpt from the morbid menagerie and this is for nick i want to see your reaction to this maestro bebe the anxious prodigy do you remember this one yes okay so ryan Nick, watch Ryan's face while I read this because I want, I want you to get the genuine reaction. Jean Bibet was considered to have been given a tremendous gift at birth. He was actually, quick thing. This is extremely grotesque and morbid, yeah. in my opinion. I'm literally giving a, uh, what's the warning? Like, yeah, th- this, this is a warning. This may elicit disclaimer. Skip, a, skip ahead uh, 60 seconds 
yeah. if you don't want to hear something gross described. Okay. Yeah. All right. Moving forward. Jean Bibet was considered to have been given a tremendous gift at birth. He was born with 13 fully functional fingers. His father, the court composer of the House Grimwald, saw the opportunity to train his son to become the greatest harpsichordist of all time. Jean was brilliant, a true prodigy in fact, but his father's increasing demands for perfection gave him extreme anxiety. Jean would bite his fingers constantly, to the point where his cuticles were bleeding and inflamed. By the age of five, as Jean was being prepared for his first grand recital, some of his fingertips had already started turning black. His father, concerned only with his son's upcoming performance, refused to notice the incipient necrosis and went on with the rehearsals as planned. When the night of the performance came, Jean was more nervous than ever and chewed his fingers straight to the bone. As he stepped on a stage, the audience gasped. His swollen, purulent hands left a stream of blood and pus behind him. As Jean started playing, he painted the keys red with his blood before passing out on the floor in front of the silent crowd. After being dragged off the stage by his loyal accompanists, Jean woke up in the hospital with both his hands amputated and his father standing next to his bed, looking down at him in utter disappointment and disgust. Jean lost his hands, his father, and his mind that day. Jean prayed for the ancient god Golgahar to restore his hand so he could make his father proud again. Golgahar agreed, but as is often the case with devious gods, not without a dire cost. For our listeners out there, Ryan left halfway through that. Yeah. That was hard to hear. Yeah, that was... A little father-son demon action. See, that's not like a fun video game to me. <laughs> but, but like, it's... It like catches you off guard. It really does. Like where you're just... It's a pixel art game, so like you... You know, and this may be my biases, but like I underestimated the gravity of what that of what like how gross you can get. And like, yeah. that's just good writing. It's very good writing. And that's every single accolade. That's one yeah. of the seven acolytes. Or is it bad writing? <laughs> no, it's great. It's, it's morbid. Writing. It's very morbid. And like, and then you look at the actual character design and yeah, it's this, this pianist and he is like super necro, like gross hands and he's kind of skeletal and man, it, it is to me, this is a pro of this game. Yeah, where... and then when you beat him, make it even worse. Explain. This is the one where you beat him and he just bashes his head into the piano, right? Yeah. Over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, it gets even more, more morbid. And like that is, like Ryan, for the story's sake, that's where the story is actually super fantastic where they tell these stories of why these people basically sold, you know, in our culture, sold their soul to the devil, yeah, right? That, that's, that's how we can relate it to our culture where it's like, well, or an evil genie where sure you're you want to be rich but you're going to be rich and unhappy like it's sure you want your hands back but you're going to want your hands back and then you're going to look yeah disgusting yeah and i think this is this is the thread that great writing does great storytelling does right we're in this weird world where everything is morbid and dark and it's just a pixelated adventure game and then we have this link to modern day kind of psychology where people will sell their souls to the devil or yes. they have these issues with their father and they're willing to to do anything to please their father there's this hole this wound and and then you so you take this game that's just a game and you start bringing these threads of like real life yes. real deep life stories and yeah. real life things and it's like now the game takes on a new light you, yeah you feel a little different about it and so uh yeah i mean i think fantastic story writing just in inserted right into the middle of it it's a it's one of those catchy off guard kind of things yeah and it's like it's grounded right like it's it's taking something that we struggle with most people struggle with anxiety or issues with their parents it's relatable it's relatable and then it just it elevates it with yeah. this like super dark twist of these evil gods yeah 
So man, story I can't praise enough. Something that's compliment the compliments the story is the actual score. I, I don't know if you noticed this. The score is like an original fully orchestrated score as well. So it's very dramatic music. Every acolyte battle has their own music. And speaking of which, uh, Master Bebe, his score is like super unique too. Like it's very like his is the one that I remember. It deviated the most. That's yeah. The thing. yeah I yeah. think everything else had very much a theme to it. Yeah. Which was this universe of just dark and like very mellow orchestral. You know, it, it's just darker. Yeah. And his was like kind of like lighthearted, upbeat, harpsichordian. It was different instrumentally. Yeah. But I just felt like the soundtrack was, it set the tone to the world very well. Yeah. Just a very dark, like morbid world. Yeah, yeah. Is his like country? <laughs> Not <laughs> country. <laughs> Is this the country that Satan would listen this to? This was the MySpace song that I had. Ooh, I... <laughs> nice. Hey, welcome uh, to my page. My name's Jacob and I hate my parents. And I have. I dyed my hair black. And I only have four top friends. I don't need eight. I play the Ooh. guitar. Ryan, do you have any questions when it comes to story for us? No, I think that's, I mean, I feel like you guys have described it well. And I, I mean, without going too far into like what happens at the end of the game, mm-hmm. I think you've explained pretty much it. And everything. I don't think there's, there's really not much to spoil here. Like it's, you no. defeat the seven acolytes or you, your goal is to defeat the seven acolytes and you get, just, you read each entry at the end of beating them. Like yep, I literally had to, I had to read the last entry. There's after like beating no them. resolution, no final of, boss. Like it's very clear that like you're to, to free this world, you fight the seven acolytes. Yeah. That's, that's the mission. And when you do it, I'm like, yeah, I felt yeah. good. Is the last is like the seventh boss. Is it like the final boss? Or are they all pretty much like the same difficulty? No, they're they're ranging in difficulty they're ranging yeah, in, in battle 100 percent. Okay. like their their strategy like some of them are more ranged bosses that is one thing that i really i will highly praise is that the boss battles felt unique they did yeah because there were some that i struggled with and then there were some that i didn't struggle with and i'm sure luck is a factor in some of those but they were different they were all different i think it had to do with your build as well yeah. you know one that you struggled with maybe i didn't struggle with and vice versa yeah. i think it had to do with how you were actually setting your character yeah luck build blessings all that Nick, anything before we go into actually scoring this? No, I think it was yes. So not no and then something yes. I, I just think uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, but it had a lot of really cool aspects to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one of those games that just gave me a unique experience. So, yeah. So All right. Heck yeah. Let's go into scoring this. So heck yeah, brother. My, and, and I, we talked about this. I just want to briefly glance over my pros and cons to it. So the gameplay starts very slow. It doesn't teach you exactly how the game works, which, you know, you learn over time. In some cases, you don't learn until right now, sitting in this room. There's no map, which resulted in a lot of frustration and backtracking, which I didn't like. I think it would have, I think the game would have valued from a map. I don't see why there wasn't a map included. And then the lore of the world is next level fantastic. The art is fantastic. Once the combat does click, it's fantastic. So those are all kind of the pros and cons on the top. Nick, let's go into your pros and cons, and then I want to hear your score. I think my biggest con, and I would just say this, my biggest con is probably how rigid everything was up front. Yeah. And it again, this could have been by design. This could be something that they said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to really give it to them up front. So yeah. if they stick it through, uh, a lot of people won't. Yeah. Um, and my kind of jumping off for a few weeks had, had, didn't have anything to do with that. But it definitely didn't help me want to kind of stick it out during the the other times in my life where I need to take a break for a minute. And so I think that if some of those things were more clear up front, it just would have been a more, it would have flowed better. Yeah. I think I would have enjoyed the process. And then as for the uh, pixelation, the art and story, everything to me was just pros. I love it. Exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, do you have a score? 
I want Ryan to score it first. Ryan doesn't get to score this. Oh, that's right. I will score it. Go ahead and score it, Ryan. Well, your score doesn't matter. Okay. You don't get to score it. Nick, I won't, we want you to let feel me, hurt. Let me just say something. Can I be honest with you guys? Can I be open? You can be vulnerable. This, this I'm safe. just like, I'm, I'm not a fan of the morbid idea. Yeah. You want to be, you like Banjo-Kazooie. I love Banjo-Kazooie, <laughs> for sure. You like but no, Bandicoot. I'm not against like dark games, but I feel like I didn't get, I didn't get what their, what their vision for this game was. Like I just, it's not some, this game is definitely not for everybody. Yeah. So 100%. I think that's clear. Yeah. And so I feel like you'll know if this game is for you or not, just like how Nick right away was like, this is a game I could dive into. And so if you're on the fence, it's probably not the game for you. Cause I kind of felt that way. Like yeah. I could get into a dark game. It's not about that. It's just like, it's a very niche thing they're going for. Like they yeah. want, yeah. they are making this game for other people who just like love that deep, yeah. dark world. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I don't, I don't want my game like built around that. I want a game built around like, a specific type of gameplay yeah and then it can be a dark game not like a game of like let's just set out and make the grossest game we can make yeah yeah, yeah Which, i think that's really good and and that you were out after an hour and a half two hours of the game so yeah. that 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 shows you that and quite frankly i probably could have bowed out at a certain point in this game too i'm super happy i didn't though like that's the weird thing here is that this is not typically my type of game i don't play dark souls i don't play bloodborne i don't play these types of games and this one clicked it took three hours to click playing and i had to push through it yeah but it did click and i liked it so once it clicked yeah it was very in that, rewarding in that same vein of like this might not be the genre for you it also got me to like okay maybe i could play these types of games yeah in a weird way maybe i could push through some of this yeah exactly that's how i felt it once it clicked it was to me it was rewarding but i think ryan you make a really good point if one you don't understand the game mechanic of this game the dark souls-esque if you don't understand that in you know i think it's going to be a rude awakening so you need to know if you like that or not yeah and second maybe if this doesn't just jump out to you just think twice about it. i don't know maybe maybe you like this maybe you don't i knew i wanted to play the second i saw it so i was like yeah. this is right up my alley so with all that said and, and I, I mean i think it's important to emphasize if you do play this game and you feel like after an hour and a half two hours you're like oh, i don't think i want to push through i do recommend yeah push, push through. through push through 100%. there there's something here nick do you have a number I do. It's, well, I have two numbers and I'm trying to... Quick thing on the number. Yes. We have a new rating score. This is the first game with our new rating score. We now do zero through 10 at, with half points. Yeah. So 20 points total. We, we still use the same, you know, five buckets of, of scores of, of words that go along. But now we do zero to 10, a little bit more understandable up front, right? So yeah. Nick, let's hear that score. Yeah. So I was hoping that you would go first, but yeah, I'm, I'm really stuck between... Uh, seven and a 7.5 nice that's where my gut that's where my gut's at i was in the same place today okay are you and still in the same place i am i am actually because it comes down between a seven is enjoyable mm-hmm. and a 7.5 bump bumps it into a new class which is considered impressive, impressive. Ooh, it's on a border yeah and like that being said this is a this is a really good game yeah i'll drag it back down to a seven you would but your score doesn't matter <laughs> you <laughs> it does though you're and, and that's what i think we do need to clarify is that like this does fall into a, a somewhat of a niche category yeah and that's one of the enjoyable for if you love the genre right though. and this is where i'm trying to be honest about my bias is that because i'm so biased in this it's to me it's impressive yeah, I think if I'm speaking to just a broad audience of people who aren't necessarily into this, I, I feel like I to them, I should say it's a seven. That's just kind of how I felt about it, which 
I am that broad audience though. That's the, that's the, that's where this is hard for me yeah. is that I don't play this type of game. I don't play pixel art, pixel art games and I don't play dark souls like hard games. Neither. And this one clicked. Yeah. It took a minute to click. And to me that two, that, you know, a little bit to click does drop it down. What? 2.5 or three. Like that's yeah. where it falls. So really I, I was leaning towards a 7.5 when we came in here. And I am the I am the demographic that doesn't play this type of game. I I, I mean the seven point five is that's where I'm at. I just feel that you, that's where you came you came into tonight with a seven point five. Yeah, and okay. and the the only hesitant is that I don't want to. I'm just trying to rein in my biases. Yeah, um, and not give something a higher score because it's a very niche thing. And and let me let me be that equalizer where I don't have biases to this. I just I don't. This isn't. I didn't like the game up front the first hour or two. But pushed through, and I liked it a lot. But you got a code. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm aware of that. But like that—that's that's what drove me through, though. That's the difference. Is that I would have had a harder time finishing this if I didn't get a code. But since I did push through and finish it, then I go, no, I do appreciate this big time. Yeah. That's that's the only thing it did. It doesn't change my score. It motivated me to finish it. Yeah, and I also would clarify that uh, of the two codes we got mine was not a code. So I paid for it. My yeah. experience, and although I knew that, you know, there were some codes given and that we were essentially making a commitment to really thoroughly review this, I still came back and still got through that hump and still really enjoyed it. Yes. Even with having to take a break and even with the rigidity up front, which didn't help with my break. So yeah, yeah I mean, the 7.5 is where I'm at. I, I do have some bias, but I like the game a lot. I'm falling on 7.5. I think that when you add lore, when you add scores to boss battles and when you take the time to do a ton of good writing and make something uniquely dark i think i think i can feel that yeah the hardest part i have is like the time you put in and the time is unforgiving up front but it does click like i'd say the majority of the game it clicks so i'm i'm happy with 7.5 yeah still. here's here's how i feel about that the number feels good to me yeah uh description uh description has like some some room there yeah. for debate yeah yeah but the number feels good when i just think about this game this genre the numbers and in my head what i think we've rated some of the other ones uh since we went back and re-rated everything yeah it feels right yeah i do too 7.5 ryan what are you giving it ryan isn't getting a score but i he's not happy with the score because he didn't finish uh, uh, it uh, uh, i just cannot believe that crash four got a, got seven. a seven yeah it's just not fun so <gasps> Upcoming reviews. To clarify, Morbid, The Seven Acolytes, gets a 7.5 out of 10 on the Bushley Gaming scale. Upcoming reviews. Beyond a Steel Sky, Destruction All-Stars, <laughs> Concrete Genie, and No Man's Sky. Let us know if there's any games out there you want us to review. We're open to playing anything. Obviously, we play new genres we haven't played in the past. Ryan's still looking to play his first Souls game. Waiting for it. You can contact us on Twitter at <laughs> BushleagueGMNG, at Nick A. Beard, and at BushleagueRyan. Email us, BushleagueGames at gmail.com. You can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash BushleagueGaming. You can buy some cool clothing with Bush League logos. Swank, 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 swank. BushleagueGaming.com slash store. Guys, this is a fun one. Yeah, it's been real. So fun. So fun. Ryan, so Ryan is so friendly. protective of... We are family friendly. That's why I gave the disclaimer. Don't yeah. listen to this part. Yeah. To be clear, if this you're a child... uncomfortable feelings. If you're a child, don't play this game, I think. Yeah. Don't. If you're a child, maybe play it. Just don't read the descriptions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you, This is perfect if you can't read. Yes. Like the window where you can't read and yeah. then when you like can, but you're old enough yeah. to like not yeah. take this to heart. Yeah. That, yeah. Anything between that. If you've had deep trauma in your childhood, it's totally fine to play. <laughs> yeah. But I do need to emphasize, if you are interested in what an isometric Souls game is like, this is a this great is story. It, yeah. This is it. Big right? time. Guys, look forward to next week. Catch you later. I love you. Bye. Bye. Google Arizona Man.
covers himself in peanut butter and dog park.